This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, with True Now left reeling. How does one choose a cheap <laughs> defender in True Now? The party is divided. I offered you a chance to leave. I would admit, it's tempting. The gods have spoken. When it comes down to the long fight that will end this war, you're gonna have to have someone you trust sleeping next to you at night. You're gonna need to close your eyes and know that your partner's got your back. How could we ever know that about him? But will anyone listen? A great war has reached our doorstep. There are spies in the skies now, and giants can appear as if out of thin air. We are left broken beyond measure. The adventure continues. Bring justice back to the world, and then bring it back to Trunau. Now. What is up, Nash? It's your good buddy, Joe O'Brien, coming to you live from my apartment as we all try to stay home here and uh, keep our families and each other safe and healthy. Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic has all of us here at the Glass Cannon working tirelessly to figure out how to navigate this storm as a relatively young small business. We rely on the support of our listeners to keep the business going, and our listeners rely on us to provide steady, entertaining content. I mean, that's what we do. It's our favorite thing to do. So rest assured, we are going to do everything in our power to make sure there is a steady stream of glass cannon content for you to enjoy during this difficult time. That said, it is with a heavy heart that we have to inform you that the Glass Cannon Live NYC show, originally scheduled for Saturday, March 28th, has been postponed. The good news is that we are moving that show to Saturday, October 31st on Halloween night and possibly more famously, Skid's birthday. We're talking costume party cosplay uh my imagination is already running wild it is going to be an event and a weekend that will undoubtedly be far and away one of the highlights of our entire year we couldn't wait to see you all at gramercy but the safety of our fans performers and the employees of gramercy needs to come first right now we hope you guys all can understand as for the glass cannon podcast Fear not, my friends. We just need to find creative ways to get great content to you every week while still putting the public's health above all else. And when it comes to being creative, you know that it's just a matter of dipping into my bottomless reserves of breathtaking creativity. Oh, it's it's effortless for me. Effortless. But I'll still let Troy and Skid and Grant and Matthew help me out. Boost their egos, you know, make them feel like part of the process. One way or another, we are going to keep you entertained because it's something we all sorely need right now. We are one of many small businesses that will be hit hard by the financial crisis accompanying this pandemic. But we strongly believe that if we commit to putting public health first and we rely on the nation 
to carry us through in their own way, whether that's a few bucks a month on Patreon, grabbing a shirt or hoodie on our merch store, subscribing to Twitch or YouTube, whatever it is. We believe we'll all come out the other side stronger and closer, but most importantly, healthy. All right, Nash. If you thought the events of episode 250 wouldn't echo through the rest of the march to the end, you're sorely mistaken. The impact of those events starts today. Please enjoy episode 251. No retreat. No defender. There is a lot happening. And I don't know where to start. (laughs) Should we talk about the podcast? Just had a big live four hours worth of content. First time. I was there for that. Should we talk about the worldwide pandemic? (laughs) And how this might be one of the last episodes we ever record. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know where to start, but I feel like we need to address everything in some way. So I'm going to leave it to you, Matthew. How do we how do we address something like this in these very dark and scary times? I mean, we have to elect a new leader. That's on the podcast. That's on the podcast. <laughs> Halgra is dead. Yes. Right. Yes. That's right. That's true. We That's do right. need a new chief defender. Really a real... suggested Sarah Morninghawk. She seems like she's got the muscles for the job. How does one choose a chief <laughs> defender in true now? Do you, is there an election? Is yeah. there some, does the council decide? Is it kind of like, uh, is it like a prime? Uh, is it a, a parliamentary system? Yeah. Uh, does the party pick their Does Ruby inherit? According to the town charter, they gather up all the skunks in town and paint numbers on them. <laughs> and then they throw them into a barrel of onions. <laughs> The last skunk to come out <laughs> shall be the new chief defender. Wait, the skunk is? Yes. There are a few pages missing from the charter. <laughs> it seems to indicate that the skunk itself... Is, no, that can't be right. Skunk number four is the new chief defender. <laughs> Why do they put numbers on them if the skunk actually assumes the role of chief defender? There were several decades where a skunk was nominally in charge of the entire town. <laughs> It was pure chaos. Yeah, like, you know, and, and as a power grab, he managed to sabotage all onion crops for several years. So the test could not be re- re-administered. As legend has it, all of the towers in this town are crenellated because of the leadership of that skunk. That's, that's true. right. Yeah, they, that's were, right. they were previously uncrenellated, but that was his, the platform that he ran on. That's right. <laughs> and I will crenellate every tower. Tower, tower, tower. He said as he viciously ripped out the throats of his various skunks. <laughs> Or oh God! I mean, I asked, the reason I asked is because there are some truly suspect citizens of this town. Not to cast aspersions, but it's too late. You've already thrown massive shade at the entire city after now. Um, but it's it's interesting to think about. I mean, what kind of government would? evolve in a place like this that's constantly beleaguered and isolated but, yeah it would be know. like a constant military dictatorship basically yeah but no think. because the patrol the patrol is a separate entity it's a separate branch right right i right. know but but halgra is a warrior you know she just also she's has some pro- political prowess had i guess i should say well she has, <laughs> she has certain administrative responsibilities that's true. She's a she's the civilian leader of a 
government in a time of war. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's funny because I obviously I threw them into the battle, but it really all came down to initiative. Like I was I didn't have plans for Cursed and Halgrid to die, and I, I don't know if I said to one of you guys or if I just thought it on the ride home that if Jagrin had uh, rolled a higher initiative, he would have easily been the one that died. Or he, I mean, I think he was a little sturdier than Cursed, but uh, just the way it ended up with Cursed and Halgrid jumping in first and getting killed before Jagrin could even get into the fight it, it was just all based on uh, initiative really and that's uh it, it has such long standing implications when you think back like i would love to go back and listen to those early episodes where cursed his trajectory from being the kind of like uh, bumbling younger brother that had to step up after I his guess. brother died <laughs> and you assume this whole time you've been gone he's kind of been getting deeper into his role and then in like the, the his his biggest act of bravery since his brother's passing uh he is cut down by giants that are way beyond anyone's pay grade except for the heroes in the commons can i just uh sorry i want to change the subject briefly we, we can come back but okay. i want to talk about i want to latch on to going back to earlier episodes and i want to bring up something that i think is is pretty fun because after 250 i was fired up i had <laughs> a really good time yeah and it got me thinking about the whole campaign and everything and this is a true story honestly got a true story later that night when it was all said and done i was too like keyed up to just go to bed and so i just randomly flew into like the back like earlier episodes and was like i'm just gonna pick something and just and just listen to it uh for a little bit and i went to sort of mid later i ended up at episode 75 because i was just like i don't remember re-listening to that a lot like in those early days i re-listened to a lot of the one through 30 Mm -hmm. uh at the time because we were trying to get our sound and figure out everything and i listened to a lot of those too i listened i miss i listened to every episode like after we finished it right those early episodes Episodes, yeah. Exactly. But once it got up into those numbers, I didn't really listen as much. And so I just kind of randomly picked one. And this is honest, honest to God, true. I started listening to it and I started just smiling ear to ear. I have I've cut out a little selection that I want to play for you. Oh, it's about 30 seconds long. Oh, really? This is Troy's intro to episode 75, which happens to be the episode where that weekend we were going to Cape Cod. So there's a little tidbit. And I listen to this the night we finished 250. Listen to this. I have no idea. Coming this weekend, Skid, Joe, Grant, Matthew, and myself are heading to Cape Cod for the whole weekend for a little uh, GCP retreat. And we're taking you with us. We are going to be doing some fan interaction and giveaways all weekend long. We will definitely be recording, but before you ask, no, we will not be recording a live episode. That's just not how our show works. I'm way too much of a control freak to degrade the quality of the show with raw, unedited content. It just it wouldn't be good. Trust. Oh, it cut itself off. It just says, it wouldn't be good. Trust me. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Wow. He said, well, I'm too much of a control freak to do a live show. It wouldn't be good. Trust me. And I listened to this at like 1.30 in the morning. And I was just like, oh, my God. Anybody who's listening to this right now, if you find yourself bored, you got a lot of time on your hands, go back and listen to episode 75. I wanted to put a cut together to play here of the beginning of episode 75. Not the intro, but the beginning. It's amazing after like where we are right now. What happens in that one? Uh, it's, it's, we're, it's uh, a tomb with a view. And it's basically, oh. Oh. it begins with you being like, can you believe that we've made it 75 episodes? And you're like, <laughs> and it's Sir Will and Della and blah, blah. And you're like, none of this party is what we started with. This party <laughs> is brand new. 
You know what I mean? Like everything has changed. <laughs> how how crazy is that? And then I think about I think of those people as like the old party, yeah. you know, the old team. Anyway, it'll bring a smile to your face. It's really funny because we talk about it as like a landmark episode. It was like fifty and then seventy five, and uh, and then it goes into it, and it's just it's really fun. Hmm. Uh, you know. Because we're in the, the tomb. It's just an epic, epic uh, part of the adventure. Because we talk about Umlo and Ingrahild's outside. And like, uh, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Ingrahild. Oh, Ingrahild. Yeah. And while, while you're continuing this adventure, that Trunau is rebuilding and, and, and Curse is coming into his role. And Halgra, I imagine, is, is having to like double down as a, as a leader and let people know like things are going to be okay. This, this may have been an isolated incident and like that we have people working on this threat, the, the Trunau. For uh, and to have it to all come back around and have that play out. I mean, my goal with that combat was to put them in danger and see how you guys reacted. And you know, I just didn't know that, that that's how it was going to play out. And it's just, it's just so sad that image of uh, Jagrin holding Curse there at the end. I, I I can't stop thinking about it. And Halgra too. Halgra is the first NPC to speak. Uh, yeah. At, at, at the beginning, she has a long speech in the book. I remember that's reading not, it. That's not true. Is Tom the first? Tom. One? Oh, Tom is the. That's right. Tom spoke first. Retroactively, <laughs> he was the first one to speak. Do, do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> do I? Uh, Tom's exposition. Uh, Tom exposition. Yeah. It's also super sad to think about how Jagrin had probably just kind of come to peace with losing his first son, the romance he was not supportive of. I mean, it was almost a, it was almost a month ago, Grant. <laughs> right. He's just beginning to come <laughs> yeah. to terms. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, he's probably beginning to like... He was already at the bargaining phase. Right. He's <laughs> <laughs> just uh, bargaining that he'd have a, a, a nice relationship with his second son. See him jump into battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and also, uh, isn't Halgra uh, the little girl? Um, Ruby. The first Ruby's, yeah, Ruby's mom. Ruby's mom. So you have an orphan. There are father who had to bury both of his sons. The way Troy tells it, she has several dozen children that are now orphans. Yeah, she has she has older children that are like in their uh, late twenties and uh, maybe even early thirties. I think. Wow! Uh, All the way down to someone like Ruby that was just a teenager. I would I would assume in the in the canon of the show that Ruby is the youngest. Um, But Halgra has lived a a, had had lived a long life. I think she came into. her chief defender role at the age of 42. So she was an adventurer wow. her whole life mm-hmm. until she came back. Um, I, I think that there's also something to be said, though, and this isn't to take away from the sadness and the, the tragedy of the whole situation, but let's not forget the state of mind of these people. Like, they live in a horrible place where this is not that strange of an occurrence, where Jagrin, uh, Jagrin has to accept the danger that Kirst is in day in and day out as he's patrolling orc lands and the, hulks of Bel- the holds of Belks. And it, it's just a, you know, it's crazy being on that sort of yeah, like the, border the, Settlement of a war-torn area. Yeah, the mindset of a person living in a, an environment like that, where life is taken uh, frequently and at an instant, their right. mindset is just, just thinking about like people living in the Soviet Union in like World War Two. You know, the, the fact that like just people would just die like left and right, and, and like it was kind of baked into. But part of it too, part of the tragedy here as well is that in a sense, this is our fault yeah. because they we drew the giants here. If we hadn't come here, this mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened at all, mm-hmm. or at least not until today. The, it would the, happen one day. That's yeah, some, the war yeah. came. If it wasn't for us, right. but these specific giants came looking for us. That's right. true. Yeah. That's true. And, we'll pro- and they and 
Yeah, it's not even like more will probably come. Yeah, we shouldn't stay here for very long. It changes your tactics. I think it has to. I mean, yeah. it, to know that you are marked in some way. Um, yeah, I think we have to do a better job or so, figure out some way to cover our tracks so that we can't be followed like that. And then I don't think we can come back here again until I can tell this threat is dealt with. I mean, maybe we're, is there a way, there's a way magically to kind of we gotta, prevent being scried upon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was going to say, we got to do like, we got to do Battlestar. It's got to be like, we jump and then we jump again within yeah. minutes. Uh, yeah, every, every, follow where we're teleporting. Every 33 minutes. Every 33, 33 minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> until, until we find the silo. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so amidst all of that, uh, you know, what was happening in True Now, a lot of other things happened as well. Yeah. Um, should we discuss uh, what what has been, what has sort of stuck out to you? There's been a lot that's happened pretty much from the end of 249 all the way through uh, 250. What, what's, what, what's going through all of your heads? A lot, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Us as me, like us as humans. Yeah, you as you as human. You as Matthew. Me as Matthew. Oh God, you don't want to be in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say the single biggest thing that is sticking out to me. So many things. There's so many things to discuss. But the single biggest thing is I left episode 250 having serious, serious doubts about the uh, motivations of Brander, basically. Mm. Hmm. Like I left feeling very thrown off about what his part in the story is and, uh, you know, if he is indeed who I think he is. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that is sticking with me the most and making me the most freaked out about how I continue the campaign. Mm -hmm. Really? You think he's because of what we discovered about his lineage, you think he's actually acting nobly or well-intentionedly? Maybe for some greater good that is like can't be seen oh like the the current trope of like environmental terrorists and like james bond movies that want to like kill well it's like the thanos thing killing half the population spoilers grant oh jesus (laughs) it's still his plan it's not a spoiler it's his plan yeah it's just very like where with how far behind i am in the marvel movies it's a spoiler that thanos is even in them <laughs> wow, you must be really far that's behind. Not, that's yeah. not true. <laughs> you, de- you deserve to be spoiled, right? Right. Uh, I don't know. Am I, I mean, is it just? Are you still so clear-minded about Brander? No, I, he said some pretty horrible things for what seems to be pretty selfish ends. So that's a yes. You're still very clear-headed about Brander and what you you just want to kill him. I think he's definitely evil. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, he has done many evil acts. His motivations for doing the evil are what I question, I guess, a little bit now, but it wouldn't change really how. Yeah, was he corrupted in some way? Right. Did something corrupt him specifically? Or is he, he just a jerk? He seems to have no ambition to do anything except help himself. There's a global, you know, giant threat that's happening right now, and he has no real interest in it except in how it serves himself. But, but then why is he uh, appearing to Will's mom and, and telling her to get out of town and leaving will alive and having them meet each other like how does that directly serve his ends it i'm sure it does in some way Della alive so he could steal her body no i, I get that i get that i just uh but that you know i was clear up until 250 <laughs> it just messed me up and the fact that he was part of this i don't know some sort of organization that was designed like building 
like farming up chosen ones. Yeah, and so can we one more time go through those three chosen one baby names? Ferrandir, Poodir, Farzadir, Farzadir, Poodir, and Brandir. Brandir. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, this is predominantly an audio podcast, and this one will only be released as audio. But I was freaked out because you made eye contact with me when you said Farzadir during the live re- recording. Farzadir. Farzadir. But I thought that would be Faraza. The Faraz's, that's Faraz's dad. Oh, okay. Is we, met, we met him at the beginning of the episode. Or is it Faraz's mm-hmm. grandfather? I mean, oh. they could have the same name. Oh. Exactly. They do have the same name. Okay. I now I, now I have we? clarity on everything. Oh, yeah, we do. Now I have clarity on everything. <laughs> I got it. Well, no, because we know that Poodier was... Uh, so this was an ancestor of the Poodier that Lork... That's what we killed. Think. Well, we met a Poo- we think it's we met father. a Poodier at at the uh, that met Brand- his grandfather at oh. the pyramid back in a flashback. Oh, many, right. many yeah, yeah, yeah. Ago. Okay, that's right. Who that's we right. believe to be the Poodier that Lord kills father, I think, mm. is who was with Brander in uh, Assyrian. And then that's the other thing is like so that's the second thing that I was left with is that the reuniting of Gormley, Galabras, and Lork is in Osirian. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what is that? What does Silvermane know? What does Silver Tusk know <laughs> that he's bringing everyone there? It's a lot of roads if only leading back t- to Osirian. Mm. If only he could tell us. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It's really fun, but I also kind of want to play it. Like, I want to play those characters in Osirian so that we don't have to play with Grant. <laughs> Look at his sad face. Don't be, don't be, don't be an asshole, Joe. Play Cat Benatar. <laughs> so that's right. Cat's with us. Yeah. Here's Cat's much, character sheet. Much more effectively than you were played. <laughs> Grant Benatar. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if Grant got his hands on Cat Benatar, though? Oh, man. That cat oh. would be unbelievably, <laughs> unbelievably powerful. Give, give her a gun. <laughs> Pretty sure. Just run around shooting. Just mount a laser room. on her back. Yeah, yeah be like <laughs> Battle Cat from. <laughs> I don't think it was clear whether or not Cat went with the. Uh, She's with there, Troy. Galabras. <laughs> uh, she traveled across the sea. <laughs> she, the sea. she built a boat of reeds. <laughs> if they tried to leave her behind, she'd follow. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot going on there, and and uh, you know, my my hope with that was to to tie up a lot of ends and and push things forward, but also open up new questions, like we try to do with all the the milestones and uh, the one thing that I got as I listened back to it is like I can really see the end game now for this you know whether you fully can see how it's all going to play out like the pieces are now all in place Mm -hmm. yeah but it's a big showdown yeah and to me uh, I don't know if it all comes together comes together or if it's going to be like Oh, man, when I was a kid and I was obsessed with Star Wars, I loved Return of the Jedi. And one of the reasons I loved Return of the Jedi was because of like the mult, the two battles happening in two places that are so important. Or there's three battles, really, you know, all yeah. kind of happening at the same time mm-hmm. yeah. that are all impacting each other. Hugely important, but all completely separate with their own histories and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I see being a possibility here, which I love. Hmm. I yeah, love you really idea. have three groups. You've got this, the, the main group that's in true now. And then you've got this other group 
group with Sir Will, Adriel, and now Shiel, and and where are they going to go? And then you've got the original three. You know, serious. I know. It's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And Cat Benatar and on her own <laughs> on, a, on a dangerous solo mission <laughs> alone in Catapesh, a spy a spy mission in Kadira. <laughs> Walking through the markets of Kadira. Yeah. Hello, madam. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Homeland. It's an episode of Homeland. Uh, yes, you have a good taste. Another. <laughs> I have a special piece for you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Who sent you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Who sent you? Oh God! Oh my God. stomach! <laughs> <laughs> the idea that she was just meowing. <laughs> no, just, the they, they don't know. Like, they don't. They don't know she's a cat. They like they, <laughs> the veil. The veil yeah, the the is like. <laughs> <laughs> you have beautiful eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh my god. <laughs> That might have been the hardest I've laughed on the podcast. I I haven't seen you fall off your microphone in a long time. God. God. (laughs) Joe's still going. I mean, I just love spy shit, and it's all like that. It's exactly like that. It's so funny. Oh. A giant eight foot tall yeah. on a yeah. tiny walking, walking on her hind legs. Yeah. 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 I've never have I seen such beauty. Yes. Show me your face. Uh, yes, no, the weather is quite good for this time of year. Come with me. We cannot be seen here. We cannot be seen here. Oh God! So yeah, the stage the stage is set. Um, the last question uh, I have before we. We, we get back into business is it's, it's a question that might be obvious but you know really think about it do you think you can win wow uh, I think Galabras can win you think Galabras can win yeah there was, the think, way Skip played him was very convincing in 250 you know he was like I cannot be harmed there's, there's no spell you can cast that can harm me yeah well I yeah but I don't know like he's off doing his own separate thing, which may or may not directly impact like the main cast's quest. You know, we like we could still lose, and like he could do be doing what whatever it is that he's doing and succeed. But like we could, as a group, you know, if you weren't able to directly intervene, could still you know perish so he's kind of like roy scheider in the third season of sequest when he had to make like four contractually obligated appearances and he really didn't want to and he came back and he was like occasionally working to help them but he had his own he had his own ambitions and his own goals what was the story reason for for why was his character pregnant or something like what why did they say <laughs> he discovered that his long dead son was still alive oh good for him but then he came back and he they're like why are you why are you masquerading as this like special operations section that like has its own has its own goals and is maybe working counter to our goals and he's like for this mission i am section seven 
Whoa. Whoa. Wow. That's what he said. Sh- I got to wow. watch this. Please, you, you do really don't want to. Yeah. Really <laughs> you, can't, you can't go home again on Sequest. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, who cares? It's all underwater. <laughs> There's no people under there. I think very clearly, though, after seeing the assaults outside of uh, Ash Peak on the dwarves of Kragadan, mm. we, we have no chance of a direct assault, basically, mm. if we were to go head to head. Because he took out a whole... I don't know, as a battalion, an army, how many people it was, but yeah. like he's the Storm Tyrant seems incredibly powerful. So we'll have to keep on kind of special opsing, trying to see any back doorways in, sabotage, that type of stuff. I'm, yeah. I still have my own doubts about the end of book five. Like, I don't know how Dahlgrith, Baron, Metra, and Nestor are going to get out of book five without a death. You know, <clears throat> it's, it's so freaking brutal, these giants. Book three and had a death, book four. And had a death. Book two had uh, multiple deaths. Galabras. Book four and had two yeah. deaths. Book two had the you know Galabras, which was a different sort of, uh, not as a direct like didn't die in the Gretzel deck fight, but was taken out of commission by a powerful caster. Um, yeah, I mean it's just kind of the way it's been going. Be interesting to see. I was saying to you earlier today, Joe, that the way book five will play out will be unlike anything we've ever done. I think. Book five um, or this book that we're this, in right yeah. now, the oh, way wow. this will play out, will be unlike, unlike anything we've ever done. Oh, I man. think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know where to go from here, right now. Like I don't know what to do. I mean, we have to get back to the temple. We have to get back to Ash Peak. Oh, I know. That yeah. The, well, did, we yeah. definitely have to do that. But I know that Dalgrith is really like kind of shaken off some of the cobwebs. Of you know, this whole thing that Baron started. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, we have to get back to Jimmer and Thune. Like, yeah. Because we said when we left, we were like, we're going to make it a quick trip. Yep. But then we got caught up and in Baron this whole. Had to be all justice or. Yeah, to be all law, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wish we could just animate the show because, you know, as I've listened now to it a number of times since we went live, I imagine this all visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how I, I tend to think of it anyways. I can see what these characters look like as we've lived with them for so long, this world um, that we've created. So just imagine as we normally start in just complete darkness and you hear a, a heartbeat start to come out in the darkness. It's like the dong, ba-boom, thump-thump, thump-thump, slow heartbeat. And, and as that sound continues, oh, nice. There we go. <laughs> you, you hear that. And that's all you hear. But all of a sudden, we now see the stands of the commons with the citizens of Trunau, like slow motion, like climbing over each other, fighting to get to the exits. We don't hear their screams, though. We just hear that heartbeat. And they're just like mauling each other. And in the distance, you can see the, the ogres fighting uh, you guys. And, 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 and they're just they're, they're, they're rushing, they're st- stomping over. You see bodies falling to the floor as they're getting stepped on as people are just trying to run away from the madness. And then we see Dalgreth on the back of the ogre just burying a dagger in her neck. And we see Baron guns still smoking from several rounds fired at Nestor, turning his attention now to the ogre mobs. We see Metra flying above it all with a bird's eye view of the carnage, looking down, casting hold monster and throwing down a hungry pit, doing her best to control the battlefield while chaos reigns outside of the arena floor. 
and then the heartbeat is just getting faster and faster and faster. Dum, 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 dum. And we see Nestor Coyne now in the stands, looking towards the exits, then turning back to look at Baron, knocking two arrows and shooting them, then flying right past Baron and taking out one of the ogres. And then boom, 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 back-to-back killing blows landed on Cursed and on Halgra, intermingled with various rapid-fire shots from the original Battle of Trunau. Dead townsperson, dead orc, boom, 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 just sun's throat being slit, and then darkness. The heartbeat ends, and we only see Jagrin clutching Curse's <laughs> lifeless body and screaming to the heavens from above. Now we see the Ramble House. It's been a while since we've seen the Ramble House from this view. And we walk up to the front door. Seems to be commotion. People look upset. We go in past the front door and you see Cham Laringfast, a little <laughs> halfling. Um, Innkeeper, I guess. Uh, she's at the front desk. Racist innkeeper. Racist innkeeper, yes. Uh, at the front desk, <laughs> she's having a, a tense discussion with a couple. It looks like they're trying to get their money back because they want to get out of here. There's another line of people like ready. They're, they're like, we want our money back. We want to get out of this place. But we, we go past that commotion and we go up the stairs onto the second floor and up to a door. Into that door where we see Dalgrith and Baron alone hmm. in a room together. Wow. Metra and Nestor are nowhere to be seen. I really have to admire your restraints, good. I'm just waiting to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it's been hours since what went down in the commons. You assume you've all gone back to the Ramble House, but only the two of you are sharing a room. What are you talking about? I think as a backdrop for whatever we're talking about, Baron has kind of stripped off the top half of his armor to pour, like, whatever whiskey he has left into the wounds from Nestor's arrows. And, like, you can see, like, the electrical singe in it. <laughs> yeah. It's blackened like, right wound his... around the... the... The pierce. The whiskey catches fire. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Ramble House burns to the ground. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Baron is just like, I mean, at this point, he's been burnt alive, almost eaten by Re- Remoraz. <laughs> Lots of different scrapes with death, uh, countless to even enumerate now. Uh, and he just looks world weary and tired, and he kind of probably has a thousand miles stare as he's tending to his own wounds. Dalgrith is just looking down at the floor, rubbing his hands together, his calloused hands. We got dirt and grime on them still from jumping on this filthy ogre. Probably still some bits of blood and slimes from the skin. He's looking down at his hands and across at Baron, his thousand-yard stare. Back down at his own hands again, just starts to speak I'm not much of a praying man but if that was a trial for the gods 
I think they've made it quite clear, Baron. It's not a time to be falling around with fighting amongst ourselves. Playing lawman, hardened criminal. No matter what happened to you in the past, how you grew up, who hurt you before, who you lost along the way, none of it matters. When you're faced with a threat so great, the only thing you can do is come together. If that wasn't a sign from Torag that we need to put aside our differences, that we need to stand together as one people, as one race of small folk, and defend ourselves against a threat so great that it is no, so hard to see how it could be won. Shit, if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what is. Did you mean what you said out there, Dalgrith? What I say, I say a lot of things. You said you'd take my place. That you'd fight for me. Put your life on the line. Even die if it meant that. Of course I did. Plus, I thought I had a pretty good shot against him. I think I know how to get around the backside of that one. I think you had about a 50% chance at best, my friend, just as I did. Why? Why did you offer yourself up? Drop the bravado for a second. Because, Baron, I thought even if I just weakened him a touch, even if I got one good slice in, and if you needed so desperately to kill him, then it would have made it easier for you, and you could have gotten back to this business of saving the goddamn world. You don't need me to do it, I think... I think they need you to do it. And they need that. He gestures down at your holster and your gun. I ain't never seen such a powerful weapon go up against such large creatures before. It makes them fall so easy. That's the thing. Simple as it seems. A trick of engineering. I think there's something far beyond that. It could change the world, Baron could stop this fight it's good to know you're in the world changing business and that you're ready to die but you weren't ready to die for me you were ready to die for something bigger all the small folk and just as you said the gods have spoken now you're fighting the gods will and I'm ready to walk back out there with you regardless of what's in our way what about Nesta I mean, can we really go forward with them? Can you have that man sleeping next year? I mean, when it comes down to the long fight that will end this war, you're going to have to have someone you trust sleeping next to you at night. You're going to need to close your eyes and know that your partner's got your back. How could we ever know that about him? We can't, but I trust you and I trust Metra. And up to a point, I trusted Nestor. We had a previous arrangement. But I meant what I said out there. I would accept the ruling of the court. The ruling of the court is clear. The gods intervened in our combat trial and they wanted neither of us to die that day. 
We must march forward together, as uncomfortable as it may be. Aye. I just don't know he's got the same respect for the gods that you have. But... Nonetheless, I think if there ever was a sign, it couldn't have been more clear. And we need to work together. We can't stop. Keep fighting each other. And we can't forget who we left behind, Baron. We don't know that Jim is dead. We don't know that Thune's dead. They might be kept in cages up there just like we were. And we've left them for what? Almost two days now. We can't leave him behind. If there's any chance to save him, we gotta get back there. This is the second time I've proven that I never leave debts unpaid. I found my friend Lork when he was lost. And I found Nestor one day. Or rather, he fell into my lap. But I see things through <laughs> when I make my mind up to deal with them. We'll find Jimmer and we'll find Thune. I promise you that. All right. Well, let's find Mitra and see if she can't get us back there. And from there, we kind of zoom out of that room through the walls of the Ramble House, past other rooms, into one where Nestor sits alone on a bed. After a moment, the door cracks a knock and you see Metra enter hello good evening is it evening already I don't know is it it's getting there good afternoon then yeah <laughs> good afternoon my lady how are you feeling well, I've been better I offered you a chance to leave, and you decided to stay. He did. He did. Yeah. And I did. I did think about it. I would admit, it's tempting. But I realised that this uh, person we're up against. Has shown an extraordinary amount of tenacity in coming after me. So, even if you were to spirit me away, I have a feeling that he or one of his minions would find me again. And yeah, I'd probably kill him, but then another one would come and another and another. And just go on and on. Eventually, raw of attrition, I would have been over. So, I realised in that moment that you lot, you included, are probably my best hope of ever having a life outside of being hunted. Now, you may not like it. I may not like it. But we may be stuck with each other. You keep saying we... I wouldn't have guessed that. Coming from a man like you. We. Can we really trust you? No. To be a member of that us? No. No, you can't. I know that. 
I've burned my bridges. I know that I've done that. But what you may be able to trust is the fact that I cannot... I cannot do this without you lot. If I leave you, if I, if I betray you again before we get to our, our final goal, that's it for me, I think. So purely out of self-preservation, which is perhaps my most finely honed instinct, perhaps you can trust that. Perhaps. Did my daughter trust you? I don't know. She was inscrutable. My daughter lived hundreds of years before this time. So did I, for that matter. I find myself in this place, in the midst of this war with the knowledge that I don't know more than a handful of people. Can you imagine that? Hmm. I've been to from one side of this plane to the other. I've walked across the plains. I've seen things you would you can't even possibly begin to conceive of. And yet I don't know more than a dozen living people who know me. Hmm. For that reason, and that reason alone, I'll offer the carrot to your stick of self-preservation. If that should start to wane, and you start to feel to feel a need to betray us once more, know that I can take you to any plane beyond this one. The storm tyrant's reach may be far, but it's not that far. So, become our ally once more. Pledge your allegiance to whatever it is you need to pledge your allegiance to. And should we fail, I'll take you wherever you want to go. Well, I think you may have a little more faith in, uh, in that being true than I do I don't know I don't know that he wouldn't be able to follow me anywhere that you could take me if you can take me there chances are he could find someone to take him or his people to wherever that is too I don't know unless that place is somewhere no one wants to go tell me Mr. Coyne have you ever been to the Shadow Plane? no I think you do very well there, but not many others would. Hmm. Interesting. I'll vouch for you with the sheriff, but you have to promise me on whatever it is that you believe that you're in this until the end of the fight. Well... I would pledge in my honour, but... Don't make me laugh. I'll only say that... I will... I will do what you ask. But only because... It's what benefits me. Very well. Mm. We should find the others. 
from there, lights fade down. And then they fade back up inside the ivory hall in the room with the Council of Defenders. Everyone's there except Halgra. And you don't see Jagran. It's an obviously intensely somber air in the room. And at the far end, where the door is, you see Baron. Next to Baron is Dalgrith. And then Metra. Everyone is standing there, waiting. Even Tom Exposition looks less than his cheery self. The door opens, everyone turns and looks. And Nestor comes in. Stands next to Metra. Maybe Baron. Casts a sideways glance. Across his allies. Shortly after Nestor... Jagran comes in. He walks up to where his normal seat is at the table and then uh, absentmindedly passes by it and moves to the head of the table. He rests his hand on the chair of the chief defender and doesn't sit. Looks like he's leaning against it for strength. He looks terrible. His eyes bloodshot. Looks like he hasn't slept all night. He's aged 20 years since yesterday. A great war has reached our doorstep. It was foolish of anyone to think that the the siege of Trunau would be the toughest battle we would face in our lifetime. That battle will look like a child's game of war if what happened in the commons yesterday is any indication of what is to come. There are spies in the skies now, and giants can appear as if out of thin air. Though the losses from yesterday's attack paled in comparison to the numbers lost during the siege, and even numbers we lost in battles previous. He pauses, kind of holding back tears. We are left broken beyond measure. Our chief defender, Halgra of the Blackened Blades, has been taken from our ivory halls into the halls of the dead. As the longest tenured council member, it is left to me to act in her stead. Our first order of business will be to elect a new defender, as I will not be assuming the role. Someone get the skunks. No. <laughs> Bring in the skunks. <laughs> Wrangle the council of skunks. Someone comes in with a bucket of skunks, throws it on the table. <laughs> These aren't even numbers. <laughs> oh my god, it's mating season. Oh no. That smells terrible. We must. We must elect a new defender. As I will not be assuming the role. I tell you, I will fight for the city of True Now until my blood fills the streets. I have spent my life 
walking this town, keeping watch. But I cannot rule this council. I cannot defend this town. The longer we go without a chief, the greater at risk our commonwealth. Maybe for the first time since the skunk scattered out of the room, <laughs> he looks up and addresses the whole room. Who among us shall rule? If you're waiting for me, I'm not going to raise my hand at all. This is like a job. <laughs> this is like a... It sounds like a job. Sounds like a job. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested at all. Dogrith will elbow Baron. Uh, well, I have taken on the duty and honor of being the sheriff of True Now for about a month now, and I have... Enjoyed the role while it has been difficult. Uh, I suggest any members amongst you to take the role. I could certainly not imagine being the chief defender myself. Is my path to protect True Now is out and through to go back into Ash Peak Mountain, defeat the evils there, and then move onward if there's any place to move on to. I couldn't imagine you having an absentee chief defender. Ah, but the, the single greatest threat to the town is the giants, isn't it? He's trying to get the, the people kind of riled up. And I ain't seen anyone better fighting giants than this man right here. I don't know, Baron. I don't think you have to be sitting here to be the defender of True Now. Not from the greatest threat it's going to face. I don't know. I... I wasn't even born here. And then he grabs his hope knife. He kind of touches the hope knife on the side that he earned, and he feels it. And he feels a little bit more resolute, but he's hesitant about even... Well, a, he doesn't think it's appropriate to put his own name forward. But B, uh, he's conflicted because he kind of wants to be. He'd love to come back one day and, and settle down here and could see himself going into that role, but uh, he's waiting to see a response from any of the remaining 10, 11 members of the council. Sour Morning Hawk stands up. Looks right at you. Serena Williams, I believe. Shredded. 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 Serena Williams. I remember her voice. We'll say it sounds like this. I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> the role of chief defender is reserved for a true warrior. A battle-hardened champion who has seen the world and truly knows the darkness that exists outside these walls. Someone who can lead and inspire those around them, not only with blade, but with words, with their very presence. I am but a simple blacksmith. Everyone on this council is respected and wise, but none are fit to rule. With all respect, we must 
come together now like we never have before to protect what we have left. All of us would happily give our life to protect True now, but we would still be mere placeholders for a true chief defender. Halgra spent her life outside these walls. She was not born here. From the skitter mounds to the broken shores and beyond, she fought until she settled here and made true now the place it is today. She saw the world, Baron. She fought for her life and for the lives of the people around her to make the world a better place. This is what you have done, Sheriff, and what you do to this day. Go win this war, then return here and lead this council. Lead true now. You are the only one among us with the strength and the wisdom to carry us into the future. Halgra and Jagrin and all of us saw in you a hand of justice. Bring justice back to the world and then bring it back to Trunau. It is not a mantle that I ever sought out, but it is one I will wear with pride. It is first here in Trunau where I saw the citizens and members of the guard band together and survive and build again anew, even better than before. It's here within these balustrades and palisades that the seeds of my faith were planted. And as I said before, I'm a man of faith, and all men of faith have courage. And I say to you all now that I have never seen any braver or more courageous men and women than the people who live in true now. I will carry you in my heart. And you will give me the strength that I need to move forward when the night is at its darkest. I will always have this council and the people of this city on my mind. Jagran, his eyes haven't left yours since you began to speak. Is this our chief defender, the one who will take true now and rebuild it from the inside out as he rebuilds the world and saves it from falling apart? <laughs> of course it is! You know it is! Dograce smiling ear to ear. All three Catherine Zeta Jones stand up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chorus hi, of Jones is creepy unison high. Hi, <laughs> Tom stands up, and one by one, the council members just hi, 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 hi. That was the crowd going wild. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a council meeting. It's a close session. It's a close session. <laughs> I thought we were in the arena. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they all start running for the doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's one this far away from being dead. <laughs> Chaos reigns. Run. <laughs> Grab all the toilet paper you can. <laughs> Jagrin steps aside as if to offer you the seat of the chief defender. Holy shit, wow. dude. Darren recenters his jacket and kind of dusts off whatever is remaining on his duster, and you can hear his spurs clank down the, the, the marbled floor of the council room as he walks up to it. And he kind of takes a deep breath. He really hasn't felt nervous outside of life or death situations in a month, but he feels nervous as he kind of walks up the steps and hops up into the seat. He looks out at all of them now. It is a great honor to be the chief defender. And I order this town to rebuild while myself, Dalgrith, Metra, and Nestor venture out into the world to stop the storm tyrant's advance. Now Halgra has passed away and I ordered that a monument be built to her but it is also my duty to carry out her last judgment for the time being the gods have spoken and I claim no I order that Nestor Coin from this moment forth be a free man and he looks at Nestor right in the eyes what say you, Nestor? Well, if these are the kind of brilliant decisions you're going to make as a leader, I think you people have made an excellent choice. <laughs> <laughs> very wise, very wise, sir. Very wise. Here, here. One minute in office and he's already crushing it with yeah. policy. Already Usually they save the pardons for, for the, the last, last week in office. <laughs> Especially the controversial ones. Yeah, especially the more controversial ones. <laughs> I like it. I like this governing style. It's, it's very... Uh, it suits, shoots, suits you. This shoot-from-the-hip governing style. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. Well, that's different when you're the, the only one with a gun. Uh, yeah, right. You can kind of do what you want. <laughs> I should say that this freedom does not come without a price, Mr. Coin. I expect you to... Be willing to give your life in the pursuit of destroying the Storm Tyrant and all of his associated armies. Uh, you may do so for your own motivations, but this is the requirement for you to walk out of this hallway a free and living man. You have my bow. <laughs> then it's settled. Now, it is my honor to call to an end the inaugural reign of the first meeting of Chief Defender Baron Ashpeak. <laughs> Chief Defender Baron Ashpeak! Now stand up and cheer! All 12 of us. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Oh, that was an entire episode? Wow. Oh, wow. come on! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.